The Valkyrie Cycle, a Monster Hearts 2 actual play podcast by Midnight Ceremonies Media. Episode 5, Chains of Fate. Hi, I'm Saffron Heftigap, and I play Stephanie Chaplin on The Valkyrie Cycle. I am also one of the editors and co-director. Before we begin this episode, a couple of reminders. If you're tweeting or posting about the show online, please use hashtag TheValkyrieCycle or hashtag TVCSpoilers to tag your content and to help us see anything you'd like to share with us. You can also follow our official account at Midnight Sea Media on social media. Finally, just a reminder that this season deals with heavy themes such as reoccurring and intense depictions of generational trauma, internalized homophobia, violence, and inter-party conflict. For episode-specific content warnings, please check the episode description or visit our website, midnightceremoniesmedia.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy episode 5 of The Valkyrie Cycle, Chains of Fate. As we left off, Stephanie, you uh, texted Lucian. So you get a text from one Stephanie Chaplin that says, you need to talk uh, while you are still in the diner, sitting there with Cora, uh, eating like the food that that Pam brought out to you. What do you do? I text back. What the fuck do you want to talk about? Send Chaplin. Period. Send. I'd rather just talk in person. I think he just sends where. There's probably like a a playground or a park, one that she would frequent maybe in the summer and would name that park and then say, when works best for you. Okay. And I've already gotten the text from Lay Squad saying that we're going to go monster hunting soon. Yep. Okay. Well, oh yeah. He's going to say, I have work today. Um, So... (laughs) we can talk at like six at the <laughs> playground you work we should just probably text back the middle finger emoji <laughs> and does not respond to any more of stephanie's texts she'll say fuck you too that's all she'll okay say. <laughs> then lucian just text chosen squad um i'm at the diner can someone pick me up if we're going monster hunting <laughs> send and then he's just gonna say to cora Okay, so I'm gonna head out with some friends soon, but they're gonna pick me up. Um, so that's that's cool. Okay, cool. Um, I'll I'll probably stick around for a while. Um, since you know she like gestures to her plate, which is not finished. Plus, I mean, like I have like an out like half an hour until I have to go pick up my brother. So yeah, I'll just hang around. Do you want to look at things online? Do you want to? I want. I need reference images, Cora. I can't just go in blind. Okay. Yeah. Um. Sure. And she like pulls yeah. out her phone, and you guys start like scrolling through like prom websites. And I will wait until Chosen Squad picks me up. Starfire, you're the one driving, correct? Yes. Um. Who do you pick up first, Cassie? I'll probably go get Cassie first. Okay. As as you pull up. Um, to outside outside Cassie's house, 
you see that there is um, a car like already pulling into the driveway. I think that you'd probably recognize like Cassie's father and Cassie's older brother, um, like getting out of the car and they start pulling groceries out of the back. Cassie, as you like run outside to like go join Starfire, your dad sort of stops you and says, hey, Cass, can you can you help us uh, bring in groceries? Um, I, I have a thing I got to go to really fast right now. And she like points towards Kate, uh, Starfire's car. He like sort of sighs and says, okay, make sure that you don't have any plans for Thursday night. Um, okay. Yeah. And she like brushes past her dad. Have fun. I will. See you later. Uh, and they keep, um, taking groceries inside. Then you get into Starfire's car. What's Thursday night? No clue. Fair enough. All right, and I will start driving. So Subaru Outback pulls up next to Subaru <laughs> Outback at the diner. <laughs> Starfire will turn to Cassie once they get there and be like, I think I need to like fucking go in and get him or should I just like honk the horn really loudly? I'm not going to do that, but. Mm, I was going to say honk the horn really loudly. Fuck yeah, I'll hit the horn really loud. He just doesn't even look back and he's like, that. those would be my friends. Um, this was lovely. Thank you for a, um, the ride and the breakfast. And well, you the paid plotting. for the breakfast, so. Oh, I mean the company. Cora is what I was referring to, but okay, sure, well, we can be crass about it if we want. Yeah, I paid for the fucking breakfast. Okay, well, whatever, whatever, man. Thank, thank you. Thanks, Cora. And I think he um, gives an earnest smile to Cora uh, before standing up and um, briefly walks over to the cat, the uh, Caesar eating oh. table, just for a small, just for a miniature, a little, just just a passing. Very badly does one of those, you know, like like bros when they like all like punch each other's shoulders almost in like a very cringeworthy way. Uh, probably like walks up to Caesar and like lightly punches his arm. Is like, yeah, so like see you later. Yeah. Glad to see you're feeling better. Feeling so much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Taking care of myself. Uh, have a good day, Eden. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then Lucian walks out in his, uh, to the car. When he gets in, he's just like, where's, where's Blondie? Where's my car? Guys, I'm sorry. I thought driving the car that you're supposed to have stolen from you around town where everyone can see it was maybe not the best idea, Lucian. But did you want me to go get your car? Shut up and drive, Star. <laughs> Starfire kind of turns, gives him the like funky little mischievous friend friendly grin and then flips around and puts the car in reverse and drives up the parking lot. Lucian starts sulking in the backseat. Stop sulking in the backseat. Fuck you. What do you guys um 
do you just like sort of make chatter as you make your way into the woods? Um, or is there anything like particular that you want to bring up while you're in the car together? Ethan doesn't say anything. Just sits there, looks out the window. Lucian is very pointedly not looking at anyone in the car. Probably okay. fiddling with his knives. He's as far away from Cassie as possible in the car seat. Okay. Um, I think at some point when we, you know, after 10 to 15 minutes of this, um, when we're like, you know, at a stop sign or on a quieter road, Starfire would be like, all right, what the fuck's happening? What's going on? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just had a late night last night, is all. Yeah. Late. Mm-hmm. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but please at least don't pretend that there's nothing wrong, okay? Okay, good talk. I will keep driving. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, yeah, you keep driving. You head up. Um, this is actually like um, sort of like into um, like definitely farther outside of town, but um, uh, the the report sort of came in from a trail near the river um, that runs like on the southern end of town. Um, so, you know, there's like a little parking spot. Um, at the head of the trail where you can pull in and um, start uh, making your way into the forest looking for the undead. Before they like officially start tracking things, Starfire will like grab a duffel bag out of the back seat, pass out radios, pass out any weapons that they don't carry on them, uh, and be like, right, Lucian left, Cassie right, I'll get on the center. Without glancing at either of them, Cassie goes. With Cassie gone, Starfire will fully turn to face Lucian and just look at him expectantly. Put me in, coach. And he just starts walking. Oh, Jesus. Alrighty. Uh, meanwhile, we'll cut back over to the diner where... Um, Lucian just left Caesar and Eden. Um, what's happening there? Now that Lucian just sort of came over, said a really weird goodbye, and then left. Yeah, Eden Eden was too shocked to speak <laughs> when <laughs> Lucian came by. Well, at first wasn't, but as, as what Lucian said progressed, I think Eden's face just got progressively more and more animated. And as Lucian had his back turned walking away, Eden was just like rapidly looking between the two of them. Caesar's not gonna acknowledge it unless Eden says something. What? What? 
was that? That was Lucian saying goodbye, I guess. Is he always weird like that? Yes, 100%. <laughs> and you're fine with that? I mean, why would I not be fine with it? it I'm not, you know, we're not friends or anything. It's... I mean, you're both on the track team, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah, we're in a lot of things together. He can be weird. That's his prerogative. I'm not the boss of him. Fair enough. Anyways, as I was saying, I uh, I wanted to ask you something. What are your plans for prom? Um, nothing right now. Just um, I don't know. Really? The prom king not going with anyone to prom? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And like, um, obviously, we know you're winning king. Thank you. I mean, I wouldn't be campaigning for it otherwise. Thank you. Come on, you need to get on that. It's so soon. Yeah, I. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I thought I had. It doesn't. It's fine. It's fun, yeah. you know. Yeah. Hope you get someone to go with you. Yeah. I, either way, it'll be fine. I understand that you don't want to talk about it right now. It's a sensitive situation. I don't take this to mean that I don't care about you or I don't trust you. I I don't know. Feelings are weird and embarrassing. This sucks. Yeah, this sucks. Being a teenager sucks. Yeah, it does. <sighs> yeah, I... Yeah. How are, how are your, your plans for prom? You and Cassie, you know, you're going together. How's that? He asked me yesterday. Right. Well, we haven't, like, really talked about it since then. I mean, it's, it's been a day. Yeah. The parties. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, we're going to be talking later tonight, so. Yeah, sorry if the Luna handling thing kind of brings down the mood of the prom conversation. I don't think we're going to be talking about prom specifically. Okay. Uh, I did already have a thing to talk about with her. What? I'll tell you when the moment's over, all right? Okay, yeah, I'll tell you my prom plans when the moment is over. <laughs> This is the moment. Is it the moment? <laughs> so <laughs> you can you might as well just tell me now. No, no, no. I don't have prom plans. That's it. That's the moment. Okay. Be careful, you might end up going with Stephanie. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, she's a uh, head cheerleader. We talk. She thinks we're friends. Did she already ask you? I don't know. I don't know. What's up with people half asking me to prom? I don't know. Wait. Wait, who? Stephanie and who? I can't. I can't. I can't. Okay. I can't tell you. I probably can't go with person. <laughs> it's whatever. I don't know. I think you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? But also, what if you take the shot and things blow up in your face? So maybe you would rather not take the shot at all. Things are fine if you don't take the shot. Things can stay the way they are. They can stay neutral, and it's fine. (laughs) It super doesn't matter. Listen, you don't take the shot, learned... and then we graduate, and <laughs> we never see each other again. I just realized you had like a month left. I mean, I'll still be here for a couple months in the summer. Yeah, might need to make some new friends. Cassie's also graduating. Caesar will like reach over and like put his hand on top of Eden's and say, Eden, you are a very likable person. I don't like most people, but I do like you. And well, I think you're very capable of making friends, whatever friends you want. Favorite can go a long way, right? Yeah, but, um... This Eden thinks back to, um, the Starfire conversation. Yeah, um... I don't know that relationships solely built on favors are... Yes, but it's a good jumping-off point. It's a jumping-off point, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Pam skates over with the check and um, sets it down on your table. I'll pay for both of us. I will also leave a big tip. Right. Uh, Pam uh, goes, you know, runs the check, uh, brings your card back and um, sets it down on the table and says, um, well, you kids have a good day. Um Come back, come back in soon. Um, before we go, mm-hmm. Caesar will just be there. Listen, I, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you about Caleb or anyone else. 
And again, it's not because I don't trust you. God, I can't say this in a way that's not like vulnerable and embarrassing. No one has ever. We're alone. I look at Cora. We're kind of alone. Okay, Jesus. Um. No one's ever been in a place where they wanted to tell anyone about what we had. So I just, I couldn't say anything. I, I, if it didn't serve me, I wasn't gonna yeah. tell anyone. Yeah. Caleb's sake for all their sakes, I guess. Yeah, I get it. I think it took me, what, like a month to tell you about Cassie? Yeah, you know, you're, you're allowed your privacy. It's, yeah, and it's you're allowed yours. Yeah. All right, Caesar gives him a hug. Oh, yeah, he'll give him a hug, too. See you later. Bye. Do you think I should go to the doctor to see if I'm turning into a zombie? Oh, right. Uh, I look at his arm. Has it gotten worse? Uh, no. It's maybe fine. Who's to say? You don't know. You don't know anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'd try to roll the gaze into this, but nope. Do I look like I'm turning into a zombie? Well, I mean, apart from the baggy eyes, no. Oh my god, you are... Come on, like, okay, you're tired. I get no, it. you're absolutely right, and I hate it. <laughs> I mean... It's all, like, you know, the bad guys are permanently on my face at this point. I, yeah, yeah. It takes one to know one, I guess. A zombie? Or tired people? Sure, yes, both. Okay, fine, whatever. I guess I'll find someone who knows about zombies? Uh... Yeah, I mean, you could probably talk to Luna. Luna said she didn't know anything about the zombie. A question. Yes? Would Eden, through um, through the Eli connection, know anything about Pennygram? Chris, like, talks about his grandma, and you know that she is um, a really spiritual person. Uh, and she really likes crystals and um really loves essential oils and like um does these and you know like does a lot of meditation that she makes chris also do that he complains about um so like you would know that she has like you know her kitschy little magic shop but i i mean whether whether or not that means anything more than just uh you know 
crystal essential oil, like sort of new age stuff. Uh, that's up to you. I do know one person. They may be a bit wacky. Oh, great. Uh, I would suspend all expectations when going to visit them. But uh, here, let me look up the address for you. And Eden pulls out his phone and <laughs> looks up the Illumination Emporium. It has a really, really outdated website. <laughs> like from 2010. Perfect. Eden will pull it up and show the address to Caesar. This website looks like shit. What is this <laughs> yeah, place? Listen, I could do better than this, but like, I don't know. It's it's an old woman running it. Like, what do you expect? Oh, great. Ugh. Listen, this is the and best. This old I can woman offer. knows about zombies with her terrible website. I don't know. She has. She knows like shit about crystals and stuff, and like that crystals all that witchy and, business. How are crystals and zombies related? I don't know. I don't know. I read it up on Tumblr. It's like all like that witchy shit. <sighs> I mean, I guess. Like I don't know. She probably knows. She probably has like some protection stuff that she can do with her crystals, like waving it around you and like giving you all the smells. I don't know. Yeah, that totally sounds like it will help me. Listen, it's worth a try. I think. Maybe you I should think. go to the hospital first. But no, it's fine. I'm fine. I don't think you should deal with this alone. No, it's fine. I'll go to the weird old woman and her crystals. Okay. And then maybe the hospital? I think I'm fine. Okay. If I'm turning Oops. into a zombie, if the old woman tells me I'm turning into a zombie, I'll go to the hospital. Good plan. Good plan. Please, for my sake, don't turn into a zombie. Okay. For my sake, don't go into the woods alone wasn't planning on it maybe i'll go with cassie don't do that i don't know cassie could probably protect me i don't know maybe that would good for you <laughs> all right so we've been standing at this doorway for like 15 minutes now we can leave i'm going to the old lady's place whatever yeah have fun uh i don't think i will tell me how it is i will tell you that bye okay Okay, bye. Yes, because kids are gay little tarot reading. Oh my god, I'm not on me. quickly um well let's cut over to um sylvia what what's 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 going on what's happening <laughs> i think sylvia is gonna text their mom and say how's seattle how's dad send that and then send a follow-up text that says i've been thinking and maybe the next meeting that you and Uncle Frank have, I'll join. 
it takes like five minutes and then you get a text back from your mom that says, um, Seattle is good. Your father's doing well. I have a letter for you from him. I'll give it to you tomorrow when we get back in. That was one text. And then she sends another text that says, um, I don't, I don't know. We'll talk about it. I think Sylvia will just respond with, okay. Sylvia is going to um, text Carl um, and just say, do you want to go to the mall today? Who's Carl? Sylvia's only other friend at the moment. And the greatest character I have ever created. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, and just say, do you want to go to the mall today? Carl, to be clear, is an adult person. Um, so you get a text back from him that says, uh, I'm running the antique shop today. You could swing by and hang out, though, if you'd like. So we'll reply, okay, I might stop by later. He sends like a thumbs up emoji. We swing on back to um, the frozen forest where Lucian Starfire and Cassie are searching at the moment for signs of undead that had come in from, you know, hiker reports uh, on the police scanner this morning. What are the three of you doing? Walking down the center, looking for tracks, looking for like disturbances in the landscape, that sort of thing. Uh, I'm personally just doing my jam damn job. Uh, just scanning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cassie's doing the same as Lucian. Well, did you guys want to use your heightened senses? Yeah, can I use my heightened senses? Can I do it too or should only one of us do it? you should do it's we're gonna fail because it's hard to roll for for werewolves so yeah you should both ahead. roll folks, folks. plus one for light the way oh guys i rolled two ones lucian oh. is not you honest. are cursed what the hell Percy? so i mean you're looking around but you're not finding anything make sure you mark experience um yeah. what did you get dia I got a three and a three, so that's a six. And then plus, the plus one does balance out the negative one I have, so it's still a six. Which is still a fail. Cassie and Lucian, you are both a little in your head, a little off your game, a little distracted. You shouldn't see anything. You're both wandering in different directions, um, sort of skirting like the edge of the river, uh, which is frozen frozen over. You're not seeing any immediate signs. The snow here is crisp and perfect and smooth, um, only ever disrupted for like the tracks of a deer. Starfire, you're also walking alone, looking for um, tracks, signs, anything. And something catches your eye across the river, movement in the brush take out my radio and stay quietly uh something across the river uh do you want us to come to you yeah i think so got it and then lucian starts heading towards starfire yeah 
Cassie just goes copy and goes. I want to keep watching what's in the bushes. Maybe take a couple of steps closer. Can I tell? You can't really, it, it seems like uh, you saw like, you know, movement going past that's since left. It's not still there. It's like moving back. Just can't really see it. Okay, I'll start walking that direction. I'm not moving too far ahead on my own, but I will start walking that direction. Are you crossing the river? I didn't like the way you asked that question. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I'm being very careful about where I am stepping on aforementioned frozen river because I don't, yeah, I don't want the ice to break under me. Mm-hmm. And if I get the sense that it is, I will Spider-Man chain my way out of there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So you start slowly making your way across the ice. And Lucian and Cassie, you are heading to catch up with Starfire. Going after, like, you know, whatever you saw across the way. Um, and you feel it again. This eerie quiet, the hush that descends on the river and the surrounding forest. The snow blankets everything and absorbs all of the sound. And there is pure silence except for the sound of your own breath for a moment. And you take another step forward on the ice, Starfire. And you hear a groan. And a hand shoots out of the cracking ice at your feet and grabs your ankle and starts dragging you down. That's fantastic. Am I allowed to get out of that? <laughs> You can try and like grab onto something and like frozen river. If I do a quick scan, what is around me? Are there are there are there rocks? Are there trees? Like what is within a fifteen foot radius? There are some like smaller like sort of saplings uh, on the edge of the riverbank and like some stones covered in ice and snow. Oh, shit, none of those things sound like they'll hold anything. Okay, well, um, <laughs> um, I guess I will hold up my hand and have the chain extend and wrap around one of the stronger looking saplings so I have some sort of attempt at an anchor point. Yeah, you do that and you, uh, just as you feel like icy water starting to soak your boots and like the, and like your ankle and your calf and another hand grabs onto your ankle, pulling you down. But do you have an anchor point? The sapling bends with your weight and you hear like the snap of like the ice frozen inside of it, but it seems to be holding for the moment. Uh, I, I will take this opportune moment to just yell. I'm not trying to get my radio. I'm just yelling, Lucian Cassie, where the fuck are you? Do we hear that? Yeah, you hear that. Running, double time. Yeah. Uh, the two of you burst out of the woods from like separate directions, but coming out of about the same spot uh, in time to see Starfire being like dragged, like being pulled into like a giant, like yawning, like starting to yawn crack in the ice. Her chain wrapped around 
a sapling on the riverbank that looks like it is about to break. Cassie's gonna run forward and go to the chain, grab it and try and wrap her arm around it and start pulling. I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever touched the chain before? Have you ever touched it with like a human hand? Cold, bare hand? No. Okay, you wrap your hand around the chain to start pulling Starfire back. And there's like, sort of like a shock at first, like when you touch something and it, and it like, you know, shocks you a little bit. And as you pull Starfire up, the shock doesn't stop. And you realize that there's like almost a burning sensation when you touch it with your hand. Cassie's not going to let go. She's going to grit her teeth and keep pulling. Um, Lucian is going to uh, run in um, and try and like very carefully like slide, take his knives out and start um, trying to like literally like cut the hands. Yeah, roll the lash out physically. Light the way, plus one. Ten. Um, actually, probably plus go. one because of uh, things. So if not mm-hmm. on eleven. You deal them harm and they choke up momentarily before they can react. So you uh, slice at the hands wrapping at Starfire's leg and like successfully like tear them off. Like Starfire, you can like scramble up onto the ice and the two of you see that this like crack where like these hands have like punched through the ice have started to spread and the ice covering the river is starting to break into the flows that are starting to move. Run. I just, Lucian just like, like as he finished like cutting free, he's just like fucking run! And then just like starts taking off. Yeah. Yeah, Cassie follows. She like, once Starfire is on the shore, she's gonna like let go of the chain. Starfire will like crawl out of the thing and like try to get onto her feet and scramble up and run yeah the good thing is you didn't get too far across the river so um you managed to like really quickly like scramble up onto the river bank as the ice starts to move and the river starts to flow again um the three of you are standing panting in the snow next to this broken sapling so there's still zombies in the water, right? What is the chance I can use the chain a little bit like a lasso and drag one of them out? I would definitely allow that. Also, yes. Um, Cassie, you did take harm from the chain. You did take. You took one harm from the chain. Question: My harm from mm-hmm. the night before is that? Should that still be there? Or should I? Yeah, because you didn't heal it. <laughs> um, I think yeah, if Starfire starts to do that, Lucian will flip his knives and see we and basically like ask like, "All right, what's the move here, guys? What are we doing?" Just want to see if they're different. One sec, and I'm gonna like, I just want to drag it out of the water a little bit first because I want to like look at it. I want to see if it's the same as the zombies we've seen before. Uh, yeah, you like see in the water. Um, like the distorted image of a figure in cold white and you lasso it with your chain pull it up a little bit 
and um, its head starts to break the surface, and you see that it um, it is like uh, all the ones that you've seen before, um, piercing, glowing white eyes, ragged, soaking wet uh, clothing, frozen white flesh. And it's like, sort of, as you pull it up, it's like snapping its jaws at you. Wait. Uh, knives back of the head, probably now. All right, Lucian steps forward and takes, tries to hit it. Yeah, go ahead, roll the lash up visibly. 14. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Motherfuckers. No. Danger, okay. Uh, does that kill it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's pretty restrained and like still, and being dragged upwards, knife to the back of the head. Um, there's like a sort of like last wheeze of and like gurgle of air and water and then it collapses into broken pieces of ice with a small black stone in the middle. Lucian will walk up, take take his knife out of the back of the skull, flip it, take the pearl, flip it to star. Catches it between two fingers. I've never seen them under fucking water before. That was fun. Are there more underwater? I felt two hands, but I want to like scan the water again, see if there's anything else that looks weird or different. Yeah. Um, roll to gaze into the abyss. Oh my god. Okay, two sixes. So twelve minus nice. one because I have a bad dark, but that's still an eleven. Nice. You scan the water. Um, for, like, signs of more undead creatures in there. And doesn't look like there are any, but for a brief moment, reflected in the dark waves, you see chains, but they're not yours. And something is pulling at them. We gotta go. We gotta go now. What we just we just got here. We just killed one thing. We gotta go. We're leaving. I I, I turn around. Okay, follow. Yeah. As they're running, Cassie's like, um, got she's like holding her hand. What does it look like? The yeah, it looks like. I mean, it looks it looks like several imprints of like perfect red marks in the shape of the chain, exactly where you grabbed them burned into your hand. Yeah. Cassie's gonna pull her coat sleeve over her hand and keep running. Do I notice that? Yeah, you you see that he, like, tugs his sleeve down over his hands. Cool. I'll wait till we're at the car. Yep. You make it back to your car. The sort of, the hush over the forest has fallen away, and you hear, like, the small... Like the, the, the ambient noise of the forest sort of resume. Like the wind and the creak of the boughs of trees and the sound of flapping wings. Um, so it seems like you took care of it. Starfire wordlessly gets into the car, dumps into the driver's seat, turns it on, puts the car in drive. Lucian goes to the trunk and takes the first aid kit out of the back of the trunk. Looks at Cassie in a way that while he's holding the box in a way like you know that he knows and then he gets into the back seat so he can help you 
Cassie like glances down at her hand um, and like follows Lucian into the back seat and then they pull their sleeve up. Lucian just opens the box and starts taking out bandages and does, how is, can you heal action? How do you heal action? I'm gonna try and heal harm. Yeah, absolutely. So when you take time to tend to your wounds, once per session, you may heal one harm. If someone else is there with you, tending to your wounds delicately and intimately, and perhaps with erotic subtext, you may heal an additional one harm. You get out like some ointment, some bandages, um, some gauze, and uh, start wrapping Cassie's wounds. Which arm is it? Is it the bite arm or is it not the bite arm? I'm gonna say it's the bite arm. Yeah, he like pulls his uh, jacket sleeve all the way up to his elbow. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing covering the wound now. Um, It's like gnarly. You can see clearly like raised bumps of skin where teeth tore and pulled at Cassie's flesh forever ago. And it's a very clear bite mark, and it's like wrapped around his entire forearm. Uh, Lucian just holds out his hand as if to take his arm. Cassie looks down at his arm, at like the burn and the scar, hesitates a little bit, and then looks back up at Lucian. And there's like a beat where he doesn't reach his arm out, but he does. And he puts his arm in Lucian's hand. Lucian, half not expecting it, sort of like takes a second, swallows, and then starts wrapping it up without saying anything. You heal two harms. So you can erase your two harm from your sheet, uh, Dia. Um, but I will say, healing two harm, uh, healing harm does not, not remove the physical effect of it it means just like mechanically you uh are no longer have that harm but like those marks are still there they're gonna take a while to heal i think after wrapping it all solution would then like in maybe not the kindest way be like uh say to starfire um so what the fuck is up with your chain huh it's kind of gnarly yeah just saved my fucking life what thank you cap why the fuck? Is there a problem? Do you not know about it? What do you know about it? It's a weapon. I use it to fight. Okay, are you... Do you know it fucking burns people? I will turn around now. <laughs> like Cassie raises the now bandaged hand when I grabbed it it I don't think it liked it. Um burned. Are you okay? I'm fine, yeah. It's fine. Okay. Do you want water? Usually you're supposed to rinse that with No, it's it's good. It's bandaged now. Well, It'll yeah. be fine. I cleaned the wound star. I'm sorry, Cass, I didn't know it. It's Very fine. Good. Next time you can let go if it's hurting you. No. Why doesn't it burn you? Because I... Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? That's bullshit. That's bullshit and you know it. I think we deserve an explanation. 
about what why the fucking chain works for me yeah prophecy bullshit lucian aster we have been over this have we are you asking because that would be a first i'm saying have we been over it what is the prophecy okay because every time we go out here then why do you still keep coming why have you never cared before what changed because last time it was me maybe you didn't mean to but there's another wound on cassie's arm now okay you're blaming me lucian i'm not blaming you i'm saying that's something that happened and we deserve some sort of explanation as to why we're doing it still I don't know don't we at least why you're doing it. I, sure, ask a question. Go for it. I did. See how much I know about it. What's the prophecy? What's the prophecy? Great. Me, chosen one, ever so special, gets to throw my life away against some big ass scary demon monster thing. Okay? That's the prophecy. That's that's what I got. Throw your life away? Further questions. What's the demon's name? Great question. Okay, <laughs> Lucian, I think, like, is very frustrated. And it's just like, so, so why are you do? if you clearly don't give a fuck about it, why are you doing it? You don't have to follow it. Dude, what, who even told you that it was a, a prophecy? What, what the f- I, I'm not really understanding why you care so much about this all of a sudden. You are never obligated to come if you don't want to be here. By all means, I don't want to hurt you. And if that's inevitable, then maybe, maybe I should be going by myself. No, we're not here. I'm, at least, we never asked because we were here for you, not for some prophecy or whatever it is that your family has signed you up for, okay? I held on to that chain for a reason. Star. You got burned for it. So. And I'm fine. And it's just a literally just a flesh wound. I'm not going to die from it. Starfire, it's not that you should go out there alone. It's that I don't think you should go out there. Why do, why is it your job? Why is it your job? Because the chain burns everyone else. As long as you go out there, we'll be out there. I'm just saying, if it's just something that your family told you that you have to do, that doesn't mean shit. Okay? It does. It always does. Of course, it fucking does, Lucian. Trust me, if this didn't burn my sister, she'd be out here doing this in a fucking heartbeat. Why didn't she just get some gloves and do it herself then? Great fucking question, don't ask her. So where are we going? Where would you like me to take you? Drop me off at the playground. I wanna walk home. You got it. Where'd you drop Blondie, by the way? I think it's at Cass's place too. Yeah. Cool. Stolen. Ooh. 
We should probably find somewhere else to put it then. <laughs> but she's fine. She's safe. I'm sorry I hot-wired your car. That's fine. Thank you for saving her. I don't know where I'd be without her. <sighs> you hear that, Cass? Him in the car. Yeah, it's kind of expected at this point. <laughs> yeah. All right, playground for Lucian and... I don't know yet, drive me around. I'm gonna hop in the front. All right, here. I will start heading towards the playground. Hey, Stephanie, what's up with you? Here's the thing, Stephanie did leave her sunglasses at Penny's. Mm-hmm. Can I just roll to just a chance to see if she realizes or not i'm gonna say evens she doesn't realize odds she realizes that she's not wearing her sunglasses and her red eyes are exposed okay that's a one so she does realize i think she drives home and she pulls up and parks in the garage because they have a garage and while she's kind of getting her bag she's like looking around for her sunglasses and realizes she doesn't have them. And so she's gonna try to like sneak up to her room and make sure no one in her family sees. Roll to keep your cool. Okay. Okay, so that's a two threes. Um, so it's a six, but I have one forward. So can I use that to make it a seven? Yeah. DMC will tell you how your actions would really be vulnerable and you can choose to back down or go through with it. Um, you head inside the house um, and you hear uh, your mom is in the, is um, like in the living room. Um, so she hears you come in, but doesn't see you. As you come in, uh, you hear your mom yell, uh, Stephanie, are you, are you home? Do you, can you come in? Can we talk? Oh. oh fuck oh yeah i'll just go through with it i'll just go through it i want to see where this goes okay she's like um uh yeah i'm home um can i can i go up to my room first real real, real quick oh yeah sure okay um she just like runs really like just runs through the room upstairs <laughs> like runs through the living room like this is totally fine <laughs> uh yeah you head up to your room uh do you find like new sunglasses to yeah <laughs> different pair a different pair of sunglasses and she'll come down in a different pair of sunglasses um your mom like notices it and just like but like is not saying anything you know is probably making an assumption that it's like because you're crying um and so your mom doesn't say anything and she says um so um are you uh you don't have plans thursday night do you no what's thursday do i have i might have cheer um i might have cheer and practice well, like, how long how long does that go for? Uh, it goes till five. 
Okay, great. Well, great. That's perfect. Um, because, well, I was at the grocery store and I ran into um, Armando Rodriguez and, and his son, Sebastian. And, you know, we, we got to talking and I, we haven't had them over in like months. And so, you know, we were chatting and catching up. Um, and, and so, you know, we, I was thinking we should have them over for dinner. So, um, cause you and, you and Cassie used to be friends, you know, Armando, Sebastian and Cassie are coming over Thursday for, for dinner. Um, and, and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully Mercedes, but you know, she's busy. That sounds lovely. Awesome. I brought some, I got some ice cream. That's in the, that's, that's in the freezer. And um, man, you know, it's been, it's just, it's been so long since, uh, since we've, we've, we've had a good chat with the Rodriguez family and. Um, yeah. I didn't, um, it'll be nice. Yeah. I also, I'll, I'll say now, I feel like Stephanie never talked about the fact that she and Cassie stopped talking to her parents. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds great. Um, hey, so I actually wasn't able to to get um one thing. Uh, like I tried to get to the library, and and, then, and it wasn't. They didn't have what I thought they were gonna have, so I might actually still need to go out um, later. Um, when were you thinking of having dinner? Um, uh, I was thinking of going out around around seven. Okay, that's a, that's that'll be great. I'll be I'll be back by seven for sure. Okay, cool, cool. Text well, text me um, if you need anything. Um, I'll be here all day. Uh, you might need to give your brother a ride. He told me that he wants to go see a friend tonight. Oh yeah, I'll go. I'll go talk to him. Yeah, totally. Uh, what do you do, Stephanie, after that? <laughs> Stephanie's going to go up to her room. Would I be able to use one of my Polaroid photos as a token? Yeah. <sighs> Stephanie is going to sit in her bed. She is going to take out her burn book <laughs> and find a new page. And she's going to open up her nightstand drawer and dig through and find the photo that she has of Cassie from the summer, looking up at her, smiling, lazy, sleepy, late in the morning. And she's going to tape it in her book. And she's going to write, I wish I knew what you felt when you were with me. And I would like to cast watching on Cassie Rodriguez. Go ahead, make your roll. That's a six and a four and a two. So that's a 12. Whoa. 
hex works and can easily be reversed. Your eyes sort of pull back and you slump forward a little bit on your bed. And when you open your eyes again, you are sitting in the back of a car and Lucian Astor is holding your hand in his and wrapping a burn in the shape of a chain with a bandage and his touch is so gentle and the look on his face is something you, Stephanie Chaplin, have never seen. Dia, how was Cassie feeling in that moment? Cassie is mixed up inside. He feels guilt when he looks at Lucian and he feels very strongly. But it's all, it's, it's all like, it's love, but it's twisted into her self-hatred and his guilt and how he feels about a lot of things that he feels like he has messed up on in his life. Feeling Lucian touch his forearm again, it's bringing up a lot of things. But Cassie's always been good at shoving all that down so it's there and you you feel it intensely for a second but then it like compacts the context is different of course but stephanie doesn't know the whole context and in some ways these all of the things that she is feeling now as Cassie, with Lucian being the one looking at her, is what she felt as Stephanie when Cassie looked at her. And she just doesn't want to be in that anymore. It's too much. And so she, she just shakes her head and tries to get out. You go back to your own body in your bed. But you are in your darkest self. And there are side effects. And there's a moment, Cassie, where you feel deep radiating loneliness and it's not yours then it's gone cassie just folds his arms over his chest and sinks further back into the seat you good yeah yeah i think lucian thinks about leaving his hand open and he moves too, but then he doesn't. We're going to cut back over Caesar because you aren't headed to the magic shop, the Illumination Emporium. You pull up, it's a tiny little like hole in the wall kind of store. 
um, you know, you see in like everything, like the posters on the, on the glass outside, the like little flyer for, um, Godfather death, uh, concert next weekend, uh, you know, the tapestries and you walk in and there's like a little bell that rings and you smell the incense and you see all the little like new age kitschy sort of items for sale the crystals the oil uh the tapestries a lovely little old woman uh sort of it's got like a little cloth and is like dusting a shelf and there's like you know sort of low music playing it's like 60s like hippie music like peter paul and mary playing um over the speakers and uh store is empty hi are you penelope Brett? um she turns and you see that she's got like a little name tag that says penny and she says um hi yeah of course that's me uh what can i do you for my friend actually recommended this place do you i know you deal in like crystals and things do you deal in other supernatural things oh um yeah of course uh is there something in particular you need help with i'm uh you know i've I've got a little magic in the back like what magic do you do do you know about um well (laughs) what's your name dear Right, of course. I'm sorry. I'm Caesar Rodriguez Reyes. It's like a little spark of recognition, but she doesn't say anything. Um, she just says, um, oh, uh, well, it's lovely to meet you. I'm a practicing witch. And so I have, you know, some books about magic and the occult um, that I keep in the back for um customers in the know um i also do tarot readings uh palm readings and i can do a little magic on behalf of others if you'd like okay yeah in your studies of magic and the occult have you heard anything about zombies um what do you mean by that? Um, there's like, you know, lots of instances in in um, lots of circumstances where we could uh, talk about the undead, um, you know, some foolish young witches to decide to um, bring back lost loved ones, um, very crass sort of necromantic stuff. Um, there's also, uh, you know, sort of historical precedents for um, undead to walk the earth every now and again, uh, depending on, um, you know, the sort of uh, circumstances, um, mythology, uh, etc. Uh, why? What can I? Uh, what do you, What do you What are you looking for in particular? Um, I. I think I had an encounter with one last night. Oh. Um. 
Yeah, Caesar will like roll up his sleeve and show Penny the like ice burn thingy. Well, I haven't seen something like this before. And she like takes your hand and examines it and says, um, uh, oh, do you, um, do you mind if I, and she like sort of gestures to like, if she can touch it. Oh uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, um, let's, let's actually, let's go in the back, uh, really quick. Okay. And she like puts a little sign on the counter that says like, be back in 10. And like leads you back to like this back room through a curtain uh, next to the counter into like this little room with like a table and some cushy chairs and there's like a big bookshelf full of like old leather tomes um and she like gestures for you to sit down across from her at this table and um takes your hand and um puts her other hand over your wrist and says um now, this might sting a little, but uh, don't be alarmed. You see that uh, there's like a crackle of like static electricity in the room and you can feel all your hair start to stand on end and Penny's eyes start like go on like unfocus and you see that purple starts to bleed into them and uh, her hair is in like a crown braid, so you can't really see like the effect, but like you can see that like her clothing starts to like blow and like float in like sort of an unseen wind. Uh, but she's got this lovely, pleasant smile on her face and she just like stares into like the middle distance. You do feel like sort of an electric shock around your wrist for a moment. And then you see that the burn like fades away, almost like it's being absorbed into her touch. The shadows in the room lengthen and grow deeper. And then Penny takes a deep breath and the light returns and she blinks and sits back. She looks at you and says, well, dear, um, I know what um, this undead is doing and I, I'll be honest, I think that maybe you should not get involved. Um, okay, I wasn't necessarily looking to be involved. I... Well, how, how, did you, how did you get that burn? Why, uh, why were you attacked um, by this creature? I was in the woods with a friend. He left. I stayed for a minute and then it just came out of the woods. Takes a deep breath and um, you can see that there is like a little like hint of like nervousness on her face. And she says, well, I need, clearly need to, um, I don't know how I missed this, but uh, my recommendation to you is um, don't go in the woods alone um, and certainly not after dark. And if you encounter another one of these undead fiends, um, 
run away as fast as you can. Okay. Yeah, that was the plan. Miss Penningcrim, I don't know that me having less information is helpful or conducive to keeping safe. She looks at you in your, like directly in your eye, completely serious and says, Caesar, you seem to have some an understanding of um, the supernatural already. There are things in this world, um, places that exist side by side with, you know, our sort of earth. Well, not in the, in the same sort of like a realm of existence. Um, they're close enough that sometimes things can pass through. And this isn't always a bad thing. Um, you know, there are, there are fun realms. Um, I've been to a couple. Uh, but um, there are also places um, that are not fun and that are not good. And things that come from them are not fun and not good. There are places that exist outside of our world that aren't meant to keep us out, but are meant to keep things in. Um, and sometimes when um, these sort of boundaries get thinner, weird things happen. Usually um, there are people, powerful people who are capable of strengthening that barrier so that it goes away. Um, which I need to start doing, uh, apparently. Um, what you need to know is that um, there are things that want to get into our world because it is full of life and light and hope. And there are things that would destroy that. You know, th th these aren't, it's, it's hard. I don't want to generalize uh, extra planar creatures. Um, sometimes, sometimes the reasons that we want to destroy and curse and consume um, is not because they want, they want to, just for the, sun, for the sake of it, for the fun of it. Um, but sometimes things people that have been hurt find the only path forward in hurting other people. Oh, but all that aside, you don't need to worry about it because, well, honestly, thank you, Caesar, for coming in to see me because I am realizing that I've been overlooking a lot. Um, I guess I should have known, um, but I'm going to be getting to work. Um, you don't need to worry about it. You should go to school and do your homework. Um, and I'll see what I can do. Don't go into the woods though. Um, like ever, if you can help it. I will try to do that. Right. Um, and if you or a friend ever wants a tarot reading, um, my shop is open six days a week, 10 to six. Yeah. 
Thank you, Miss Penny Graham. Are you going to be, I mean, I don't know. You seem very powerful. Are you going to be okay um, taking care of the demon zombie ice people that are either going to destroy the world because there's life and light or because they had their feelings hurt? I... She stands up and like puts a hand on your shoulder and says, um, thank you, dear, for worrying about me. But um, I am, <laughs> I am very powerful. Um, and I'm even stronger when uh, I have other people helping me, other adults. Um, so I'm not the only witch in Thornridge, of course. I will be reaching out to some of my friends and, um, We'll get our, you know, feet on the ground and get to work. So we'll be fine. You said you can cast things on someone's behalf, right? Mm -hmm. it, it does depend. I sort of have a, a personal policy that I, I don't uh, hurt other people for other people. Um, if it means that much to you, do it yourself. Um, but I can do certain things. I can uh, answer certain questions. Um, I can find things out, offer insight into the past, a little bit into the future. This was not my original question, but you can find insight into the past? Yeah. Uh, what would that take? There are two options. I just need one a thing belonging to um, the person in question that you want to know about. Um, or um, if you have uh, a very strong connection to them, I can use that. Does being their son count as a strong connection? You know, they, they do say blood is thicker than water. Um, which I have a few qualms about uh, in, in certain contexts, but in this context, absolutely, I can cast a spell um, on one of your parents. Can you, can you cast it on my dad? Yeah. Uh, is there something in particular that you're looking for? A question I can answer? Um, where he went or where he is now or why he left? Of course. Uh, she sits back down and puts her hands on the table, palms up, open for you to put your hands in hers. Yeah, I'll do that. And you feel like that energy in the room again and the shadows grow deeper and you see that her eyes go purple. And as they do, your vision grows cloudy and it's like swallowed in a sea of purple. And when you blink to clear your vision, you see, if this were a TV show, there'd be a sepia filter over the scene uh, to indicate that this is the past. <laughs> um, uh, but you are 
st- you and Penny, you are standing together, your hand in hers. And you are standing in um, the kitchen of your home. And you are watching your father and your grandmother argue. Your dad is, 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 seems to be trying to convince your grandmother to like, give him another chance. Um, he's, he keeps saying, um, listen, Lupe, and she says, she snaps at him, don't call me that. And he says, Senora, please give me, let me try again. I know I messed up. I can't, this is my family. And she is smaller than him, but she looks down on him and your grandmother says this is not your family this is my family and I will not let you ruin my daughter I will not let you ruin my grandchildren so you will take your things and leave or I will make you leave your father says, please, please. And there is no pity in Guadalupe's eyes. And she says, I will not have another foolish, idiotic man ruin my and my family's lives take your things and leave and your father's shoulders slump forward goes up the stairs and he gets a suitcase and he walks out the door a wave of purple washes over your vision again and you are back in the small room with Penny Grimm. She looks at you and says, I'm sorry, dear. No. Uh, Yeah, uh, you don't need to be sorry. That's what happens when you, when you fail. Penny squeezes your hands and she says, Caesar, I, I don't, I don't know um, your grandmother very well. I don't really know that much about um, your family, but everyone fails. Everyone fails. I fail. Your dad failed. Your grandmother has failed. What the mark of a good family is building you back up after you fail. 
not pushing you down. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you how to handle your grandmother or your family or your life, but I do, I mean, I do want you to know that a good life is not measured in how well we succeeded and how, how perfect we were. Good lives are measured in our capability to get back up again and forgive and love. I want you to know that no one who fails is a failure. Thank you, um, Miss Penny. You can just call me Penny. <sighs> okay, um, Penny. I I think I should go. Alrighty. Thank you. She stands to like uh show you out. Yeah, um, he'll let her. And then yeah, um he'll leave. Oh wait, one thing before he drives off. Can he look up when you you Washington spring break is? Yes. It starts um, on Friday, but their like finals week ends like Monday through is like Monday through Thursday, and so it ends Thursday, and like their spring break starts Friday. Okay, yeah, he will keep that date in mind when I go home. Cool. So Lucian gets dropped off at the playground. Cassie and Starfire are driving around for a while. You did make plans though to hang out with Eden later, Cassie. Mm-hmm. So. Do you want to be dropped off at their house or do you, how long do you want to like just be out with Starfire hanging around? Uh, Cass is going to shoot a text to Eden. Just be like, my house or your house. Send. Eden's just going to text yours. Cassie sends a thumbs up emoji back. I think while they're driving around, uh, Cassie's sitting in the passenger seat now. Um, he's he's still staring forward through the window and he's not going to move his eyes, but he's just going to talk. Um, so those pictures that we got from the party, did, were they anything? Yeah. I don't know what most of them mean. Um, but it does mean that Sylvia's family is dangerous. More dangerous than I wish I could give them credit for. Hmm. Did it relate to the prophecy thing? Somehow everything manages to. Hmm. Something tells me that we're getting closer to whatever this thing is that you need to fight. And I feel like getting into that room was like a domino. And we haven't, I haven't asked anything about
about the specifics because I trust that you'll tell us when you need to, but I think you're going to need to soon. It's a wolf, Cassie. The thing you have to fight? Has it been any wolf you've seen before, or do you not know? I don't think it's a wolf anyone's seen before. Okay. It's a wolf. And I learned there's also a snake. And there's... It's fine. It's good. We're gonna be. We're fine. You're fine. Okay. So, you're, this has been in your family for a while, yeah? Basically forever. I feel like we need if there's any notes or anything, I think we need to, because that sounds like a lot, I'll be honest, and. What? No, it's not like we don't do world-ending bullshit every other Tuesday. True. We'll figure it out. Let's hope so. Okay. Um, I've got to. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. I'll tell Lucian. But not right now. He already seems so at odds with himself that I wouldn't want to make it worse. Mm -hmm. There's something that he needs to figure out, I think, on his own that he doesn't want help with. Yeah. Sorry, where did you say you wanted to go? Uh, my house. Your house. Uh, Cassie's gonna reach over, like, across the seat, give Starfire's shoulder a squeeze. Starfire looks out at the outstretched hand with the burn mark. I'm so sorry. Don't be, okay? Like I said, I held on to it for a reason. It's not like I didn't feel the burn. I did. If I get to choose what I want to do, I'm going to choose to be with you, protect you, and make sure you and Lucian are okay. You can probably see Starfire's lower jaw tremble ever so slightly. He turns fully away from you, he's not making eye contact anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, left on 37th to get to your place, right? Yeah. We'll pull up to Cassie's house. See you later, okay, Supernova? Text if you need anything. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Cassie will get out of the car. Close the door. Drives away immediately. Yeah. Cassie heads inside.
uh, you head inside. Your dad is in the garage um, working on something. Look, you like peer through like the door, like the door that goes like in, in from the house to the garage because you have like an attached garage. Looks like he's working on some kind of table. Your brother Sebastian is um, in the living room uh, on the couch with his laptop in front of him. Uh, and as you like walk walk past, he says like sort of without looking up, we're having dinner with the chaplains Thursday night. As he stops, that's what Thursday night is. Yep. You are not skipping this, Cassie. She gives him a look. Don't look at me like that. Fine. She. Thank you. Yeah. Someone's coming over, so. Alrighty. Are they staying the night? I don't know yet. Do they want dinner? Maybe. Okay. Well, Dad says he wants to cook, so maybe warm them. Okay. Thank you for the heads up, I guess. Yep. Cassie lingers a little bit, but then she like turns, goes to her room. Yeah, Sebastian doesn't say anything else. When does Eden come over? I think Eden would come by probably around like six-ish. The sun just setting. Cass is going to leave the door open and send a text to and be like, just come on in, go to my room. Yeah, you head in. Um, you do like pass by the living room because uh, you've, you've been here before, so you like know where to go, but um, you pass by the living room and you see that Cassie's older brother is there and he just like looks at you like in that way that like older siblings do when like their younger siblings like have a partner over and it's just sort of like staring through you to like like judging you but you can't like read what what they've decided like how they've judged you it's just you know that they're doing it oh eden knows the look yep his sister's done it so many times before (laughs) (laughs) yeah emily and sebastian are shaking hands yeah um but he just sort of so he just like watches you pass and then goes back to his computer. Yeah, Eden heads upstairs to Cassie's room. Knocks. Eden opens the door. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Good. Good? Mm. Does, does Eden notice anything? anything? I think Cassie's like discarded his jacket at this point. Um, uh, So it has his like sleeves rolled up of his shirt. So you can probably, you can probably see the bandage around there for him. Are you, are you okay? Yeah. Is that? I um, slipped up while I was chopping wood earlier. It's just a cut. Okay. I, um, are you okay? 
Yeah, yes, I wanted to talk to you about something. I I talked to Caesar earlier. Hmm. Um he mentioned to me that um there's something going on between you and Luna Hanlon and Cassie tenses up at Luna's name and like breaks eye contact with Aiden. I just I just want to know the full story from you. I didn't want to believe Caesar at first. What did Caesar say? Um Caesar says that Luna kind of hates you. Hmm. Did he say anything else? Uh, he told me that, well, I mean, I told him that I knew werewolves were real, you know, because I know about you, but he told me about Luna's whole deal with that. That she is a werewolf? Yeah. Um, and there was like, there was a whole thing like that happened that when, where Luna saved Caesar from like some zombies. I don't know what you know about that. Cassie's whole like demeanor changes and she turns back to Eden. Some, from some what? Yeah, I, Caesar told me that there was like zombies in the woods and he had like a burn mark on his head, hand. Cassie's like visibly connecting things in her head. Hmm. And like he told me that Luna, Luna and her family always like go into the woods and like kill off the zombies when they appear. But I, I don't know what to make of any of this. So Caesar was attacked. Yeah, at at the party. Fuck. That's why. Shit. What? <sighs> What's going on, Misha? Okay, I guess we're doing this now. There's... There's... Lucian and Starfire and I, we've, there's been something going on, I guess, in the woods, something supernatural and weird. And it's, there are these things that appear that they attack people. They look like from a distance, they look like they're just people confused, wandering, scared. They're not. They're deadly. They attack. It's not good. They're and dead? Dead. Very dead. That's... Luna, she is not connected, but it's kind of adjacent. It's a long story. I was turned during the summer, yeah? Yeah. After, in November, I, I started looking for the person who turned me. November, December, somewhere around there. Um, and we, I 
figured out that it could have been, it, it was something. And after I was attacked, I don't, I don't remember anything from the weeks after, but there was a search party that was sent out with some hunters and one of them shot something. They shot a wolf, a big one. And they never recovered the body, but that was the lead that we followed. And it led us, led us to this, this hunter out in the woods. He, the one who shot it, he said the same thing that we already knew. And then I, and then uh, at school, we confronted Luna because she was there, there, the energy had changed and she was not happy. And she said that she was the one who turned me. And I guess that the wolf that they shot in the woods because of me was her mom. Yeah. I guess it's a pretty good reason to hate me. You were turned, was it? Were you hurt? You've seen the scar. Yeah, you've told me the story. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't really yeah. know what to make of this. This is... It's kind of a lot of information all at once. Uh, it seems just like a list of wrongs done to one another. I guess. Just a cycle of violence. Mm. Have have you talked to Luna since then? A little. What did she say? Still angry. Still upset. Are you? About what? Being bitten. Being turned. That's a big question. Nope. Um, I don't know anymore. It's easier to be upset. It's easier to want something in return. But I don't know. Eden's going to sit down, I presume, on the bed next to Cassie and kind of lean his head on their shoulder. Listen, I don't entirely understand what's going on. I would like to. I just, I just want to know you're safe. The thing with, at Sylvia's house as well, where you guys were snooping upstairs, like you could have gotten caught easily. And <laughs> Sylvia approached me in the evening and knows that you guys were up there. At least Lucian was. 
Hmm. I. You're. She didn't. She didn't hurt you, did she? No, I mean, no. She just kicked me out. It was fine. But I mean, <laughs> Lucian mentioned me for some reason as. Uh, per Sylvia's quote, as one of his friends. So. Mm. And I mean, I, I did help you guys. That was fun. <laughs> oh. I'm, just, uh, I'm sorry for Caleb's whole situation. That might be my fault. That's, I don't, I wouldn't know anything about that. Not really. Yeah. Um, I'm just... Honeycomb, I'm going to be honest, the things that we are dealing with, me, Starfire, Lucian, even Luna, are on a, a wavelength, I guess, that is not going to be safe as much as I wish I could promise that we will be okay that there is no risk to what is going on there is by helping us you are putting yourself in danger and i chose that danger and lucian chose it and starfire knows at least what it means you don't have to be involved with any of this Eden's going to take his head off of Cassie's shoulder and place a hand on her thigh and just look look her straight in the eyes. Then, then I want to help. I want to be in a position where I know that you will come back at the end of the day, I don't want to be left in the unknown when you have just walked off with your friends to God knows where. I want I want to be there to help. I want to try and keep you safe as best as possible. Cassie, I I love you so much and I don't want to lose you. That's the first time you've... Okay. Um, I love you too. Um, so, okay. Um, if this is... Okay. Um... Okay. Well, I have to, we have, it's not just, you know, it's, it's, it's not just me, it's um, Starfire and it's Lucian, so I guess I'm going to have to, we, uh, I'll tell, I'll tell them that I told you some of it and that um, I, you want to help more, I guess. I don't know, you, you're, you're really small. I don't know if you would. I don't know. <laughs> the exact kind of stuff that we do. Well, I mean, I don't know. Starfire 
proved herself to be a good talker, but uh, I'm, I might be able to talk you guys out of some few scrapes. Okay, good. good. That's good to know. I don't know if I'm like good with my fists or anything like you are, but <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on between me and Lucian. I saw him at diner today with Caesar. Like I was with Caesar and mm-hmm. he was with Cora. And we we had a we had a conversation. Like a full one? No. We just kind of said hi. And there were some vibes between Lucian and Caesar that I don't want to talk about yet because Caesar doesn't want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know. I and Lucian kind of like st- was standoffish a little bit. I know that's like his whole thing that yeah. he usually is, but like a little bit leaning more into that when I said hi to him. That's something I can't really. I don't know either. So. I mean, I did a favor for Starfire helping you, but you know. Favors are favors. Yeah. She's good. It was pretty uh while you guys were up while you guys were up in uh in Sylvia's loft, mm-hmm. uh she did a pretty bang up job of uh distracting Sylvia. Heard that whole conversation, it was wild. What did she say? Ah, something about the twilight between dog and wolf. Ooh, that doesn't uh, like something she would say. And like, there were some vibes between them, like not like necessarily good ones. Like Sylvia was hitting on Starfire and Starfire was not reciprocating at all. She did not like that. Hmm. But it was still very uh, panicky, panic inducing. <laughs> interesting yeah so uh, i think i think she i think she did a good job yeah but you can trust her and just saying don't go into the woods don't go near the woods (laughs) you're the second person that i've heard that from i feel like it's implied in everything i've just said but i'm just making sure listen caesar told me the exact same thing yeah it sounds like he had a go of it yeah i looked at his hand it was not fun I recommended that he go to um, Chris's grandmother. What's her name? Penny? Penny? The kooky woman that runs the magic shop. You have a best... magic shop here? Doesn't every town have one? Fair point. I'll talk to Caesar, I guess. Some point. Yeah, I, I still need to. I want, I want to know how that went. <laughs> Yeah, Eden, Eden will lean his head on Cassie's shoulder. Yeah, he like gathers him into his lap and just kind of holds him. You can stay over if you want, but 
Armando's cooking, so it's not going to be very good food if you stay. I mean, I've been eating nothing but Polish food for like a year, so any food is a welcome change of pace. As long as you're prepared for it to be bad. <laughs> Can't be that bad, right? No, it's bad. <laughs> I will, I will, I'll, I'll stay. Yeah, I'll stay for, okay. yeah. Thank you cool. for staying. Always. Epic. Um, Eden, you stay for dinner. Is it, is it that bad? Yeah, it is. It is that bad. <laughs> Eden will stomach it. Barely, but stomach it. Honestly, like Armando is really like he he's very happy that you that you do eat it. Like I mean, I don't he he's a self aware guy, but he's trying. Um, so the fact that you do like make an effort is like really like gets you in in the green with him. He. <laughs> Armando does like mention like sort of as a joke as you're all like sort of picking at the edible parts like um, that you know Sebastian usually cooks meals um, and, uh, and there's like you know some like fun dinner conversation like uh, Cassie's dad is like very clearly trying to like get to know you and make you feel like welcome uh, so you know asking you all about like school and what you do for fun and your family and your you know stuff like like you know very much like parent conversations that you have you didn't absolutely make something up for what you do for fun and does not <laughs> mention <laughs> that he plays video games what do you what do you make up what do you say i don't think it's a lie eden plays guitar like specifically classical guitar. Yeah, he mentions that like he mentions that he uh has been working on like a like a flamenco piece. Nice. Um yeah. Uh Armando seems to really like you. Sebastian seems like he's warming up. He doesn't talk very much. Um but uh dinner goes like I think pretty well. Eventually do you head home? I think Eden's going to stay over. It's going to text his mom that I, uh, that he's sleeping over at a friend's. Cool. Your mom texts back, um, okay, period. Make sure you do your homework. That's right. It's already done. Text me when you come home tomorrow. You can just write, okay. And then, yeah gonna hang out with Cassie for the rest of the evening maybe cuddle perhaps <laughs> uh based our camera pans back to the Strisiante house you spend the afternoon with Carl at the antique st- antique shop he kind of like put you to work after a while and like made you dust stuff off but it's like it's actually like kind of fun he plays like cool music and like you know only like weird old ladies come in um, to like look around and buy things. Um, so it's very chill, very nice. And eventually, you know, you headed home, got some dinner. Um, 
And honestly, Sylvia, you have had an okay day. <laughs> Just been chilling. Yeah. Um, you know that your mom and your uncle are supposed to come back. Um, I mean, they said tomorrow, but usually when they go down to Seattle, it really means that they're going to get back, like sort of late in the middle of the night. Usually, you know, times when you would be in your room and not want to come down. Um, and, and it's sort of the same situation tonight. Uh, they come back like a little bit earlier, but um, if you are, you, would you be like up around like 2, 3 a.m.? Probably, yeah. This is still Saturday, so yeah, there's yeah. nothing happening the next day. Yeah. So you hear, um, you hear like a car pull up to the house. Um, the sound of like, you know, the familiar sound of your mom's car pull up to the house. Um, the door opens. There's like a jangle of keys as it's locked again. And you hear footsteps coming up the staircase. There's a knock on your door. Yeah. Uh, your mom opens it. And she says, um, oh, good, you're up. Well, I have, uh, I have this for you. Oh, she hands yeah. you an envelope. Sylvia will take it and kind of just like put it next to her on the bed. It says Syl on the front in your dad's handwriting. Uh, your mom kind of just stands there like she's waiting for you to open it, actually. What are you going to talk? Was there something you wanted to talk about? It can probably wait for a morning. Um, and then she like heads for the door and then kind of like looks back at you and says, um, is there anyone at your school named Blackwell? I don't know why. She sort of shrugs and says, um, well, your father's trial is coming up. Would be a good time to have the curse lifted. And I need a tool. So I guess it's not looking good for dad then. She sighs and looks down. This is what our family does. We sacrifice for each other. I guess on Monday I can like ask around if anyone knows Blackwell. She nods and says, um, try to be subtle, Sylvia. Okay. And she walks out of your room and says, uh, good night. And she puts the door behind her. I think Sylvia is now gonna open the letter from their dad. 
uh, it's written on kind of like um, very thin paper in pencil uh, in your father's handwriting. And it says, hey, a kid, jail sucks. This place sucks all the hope right out of you. And I'm holding on to winning this trial and seeing you again. I miss you so much. I know your mom is harsh on you, but she's smart, smarter than me anyway, which is why I'm the one in here. She wants the best for you, even if that's not what either of us want. I don't think your mom wants you to come to the trial, but she's working on something that'll hopefully get me out of here sooner than expected. So maybe we'll see each other soon. As to your question, yeah, I've had people in my life that didn't love me as much as I loved them. Your grandma, for one. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the way people are, the way life is. As much as you try to give, you'll never receive as much as they take. And sometimes it changes, a lot of times it doesn't. Real question is, how much can you take before you decide that their love isn't worth yours? As your father, I wanna tell you not to be with people who don't love you as much as I know you deserve, but I also know it's not that easy. And this is gonna be something you figure out on your own. Uh, that being said, this Stephanie girl is not worth your time. And there are always going to be other people out there waiting for you to find them. You have a big heart. And if this Stephanie breaks it, let her know that me and her are going to have some words when I'm out of here. Tell Regina I say hi. Tell your Uncle Frank to enjoy the tracksuits while he can, because as soon as I get home, the two of us are going to burn those things. Tell Cheryl I'm looking forward to having her lasagna again when I get back. I love you so much, so, and I can't wait to see you again. Love, Dad. So is going to sit there for a bit. And then go and grab the necklaces and bracelet that were still on the dresser and just put them in a trash can. Solution, you get dropped off at the playground. Uh, Stephanie, you're at home. When do you, do you just like get back after you're at your house for a while? Do you just leave um, at some point? Stephanie was going to try to work on homework, but she can't really do that after that spell. And so I think she's just going to sit and then she's going to change into this uh, matching skirt and uh, shirt, like like leather jacket combo, like leather skirt and leather jacket combo that's in like pink. Uh, <laughs> it's a man-eater outfit. That's what I'll say. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the playground. 
meet up with Lucian Astor. So as you get in your car and drive, um, you head for the parking, uh, the playground, uh, just not that far from your house. Um, there's like a couple, you hit a couple stop signs on your way. Um, and there's a moment where your car rolls to a stop and you glance in the rearview mirror and you blink and you're somewhere else sitting in a hard wooden chair at a kitchen table shrinking back from an older woman in a blue sweater she's glaring at you do i know this does stephanie know this woman yeah this is caleb's mom she's glaring at you and pointing and reprimanding you and upset and she says um i didn't raise my son this way lie and and cheat and run around on girls what's going on with you what's wrong with you and you feel your hands curl into fists in your lap and you can feel your nails carving crescents into your palms and you open your mouth to try and explain nothing's going on I'm I'm still the son you raised I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine there's ringing in your ears there's ringing in your ears and it's swelling around you like a tidal wave drowning out your mother's voice in the TV in the living room where your dad is sullenly watching and pretending you don't exist and even your panicked thoughts become swallowed in this whirlpool of piercing sound and suddenly the look on your mother's face is concerned because you're not sitting in the chair anymore you're curled up on the cold linoleum floor of your kitchen whispering I'm fine mom I'm okay and then something shatters like glass in an opera house and you blink again and you're stopped at a stop sign in your car and you are Stephanie Chaplin and the spell between you and Caleb is still going Stephanie is idling there at the stop sign for a bit just kind of blinking the the ringing faded but almost still in her ears because her mind is just replaying she wills in her in, in her internally she just knows there's now a connection still between her and Caleb and she she just she wants to break that but she doesn't know if she wants to break the spell I think she just rationalizes it away she tucks it away files it away that it she must have just been her mind is spinning and, and and dreaming and making up things Caleb will be fine 
he's obviously going to be fine. She'll see him at school on Monday and it'll all be fine. And she starts the car and keeps driving. The spell is still on. And you pull into the parking lot of the playground. Lucian asks her, what are you doing? Lucian Aster is probably, um, is probably like on top of whatever the tallest thing is, um, on his back and like flipping his knives up and up and up. Okay, well that's what you see as you pull up to the park, to the playground, Stephanie, is Lucian Aster on the top of the jungle gym, tossing a knife over him and catching it. When Lucian's sees the car uh or sees stephanie if stephanie gets out of the car he'll just um catch the knife she's gonna get out yeah and is gonna walk over and kind of stand maybe about five feet away looking up at him if I, i mean well actually he'd probably like flip down flip off of it onto the ground, five feet away from her. Sheath his knife. I hope you're not planning on using that. He just raises an eyebrow. What do you want? I want a lot of things. She starts slowly walking forward. Right now, I just want to feel loved. And can I look Lucian in the eyes and cast hypnosis? You, you can hypnotize people who have no strings on you. Do you have a string on Stephanie, Lucian? I do, because I saw Stephanie take Eden's hair from a party that one time. So here's here's what happens. So. You say that, Stephanie, and and you like gather, you gather the power that's always uh, like just right underneath your skin, and you gather it to your fingertips. If she's gonna try to get close enough to cup his chin with her hand, ooh, ooh, yes. You you can feel the air change. It's charged, static. And you know that Stephanie is trying to do something, but she can't. It's not working because you are looking at her and she's looking at you and nothing is happening. She's starting to look really frustrated and almost a little scared. Okay. Well, I think, I think Lucian Astor smiles and there's, there's a moment where you're like, oh, it worked. The spell took hold. Something about it's, it's working. And then Lucian Astor looks at you with, uh, love in his eyes and he leans forward and 
and you're like, it, maybe it worked. I hope it worked. And he, he takes his hand and he puts it on your face. And then um, as he, as he, <laughs> as he leans in, <clears throat> his lips will get just inches away from yours. And you'll, you know, smell him again since last summer. And then I feel just, he'll whisper to you. Stephanie, is that what you really want? He'll like take another step forward more into her space. I think it'll, he'll just like, yeah, brush his like thumb over her cheek and just be like, what do you want, Stephanie? And he's gonna pull a string to tempt her to reveal whatever the, she wants. <laughs> she breathes him in and there's just still leftover she can smell a little bit of Cassie's shampoo still on him. And she just goes. No. You're not who I want. But you're close enough. Because through you, I can get to her. And I'm just gonna, she's just gonna kiss Lucian. But it's not, she's not trying to kiss him. She's trying, she's just, she's just thinking, she's just thinking about the way that he was looking at Cassie. She was, she's just thinking about the ways that Cassie looked at her and she's just trying to feel that. Stephanie, this does, I think, call for a role to turn. Lucia. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> oh, oh no. Okay. Well, um, so that's a four. In this, in this specific instance, there's. It, I'll, I'll, I'll say is the MCs. There's no mechanical benefit to what you do. It's in your and yours in God's hands, Percy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay god's hands um love being there okay fuck it um <laughs> i think i think oh i hate i'm so sorry uh go for it um i think um lucian astor kisses stephanie back and then um when they break <laughs> i think he he uh looks at her and he just says well it's okay because we're both unlovable <laughs> I'm sorry and then he um, uh, probably tucks a hair behind Stephanie's ear takes a, his knife out not in a threatening way towards Stephanie just takes it out looks at it flips it a couple times uh and then yeah puts it puts it just holds on to it and then as he like 
starts to walk away. He just looks at Stephanie one last time and is like, See you at prom, chaplain. Wait. He stops. Fine. I'm unlovable. I'm a soulless monster. That just means that this is... This is fucking destiny. And she's gonna walk up to him. (laughs) Crom, right? Yeah. You don't have a date yet? Uh, no, Chaplain. I don't. Well, I broke up with my boyfriend. So I am without a date as well. There's nothing healthy here. There never will be. But I have a reputation to maintain. And your daddy's boy. You need some nice girl to go to prom with, right? That's what's expected of you. Lucian's hand that's holding the knife starts shaking. And he doesn't look at Stephanie's face. And then he looks at Stephanie. She just raises an eyebrow. You know what I'm asking. I'm not going to try to hypnotize you again, because that didn't work. I can use blackmail instead. What do you even think that you have on me? You're not subtle, Aster. Do you really think you look straight? Lucian doesn't let her finish. She's pushing her against whatever fucking thing is at the playground wall. This is, this, that's not, there's no more words after that. One arm over her, like, clavicle, holding the knife. Are you gonna hurt me, Aster? You think that will make your reputation better? Lucian Aster breathes, and he gets really close again, whispers back into her ear. I am done with reputation, with legacy. I have nothing but myself, and I am finished with lies. And I know you never will be. I've never lied to you. You know I've always told you the truth. It's not me you're lying to. (laughs) Then who am I lying to? He looks at her. All right, if that's how you want to play it. Go ahead, Chaplain. Ruin me. And then he presses his knife just a little bit in so that she can feel it. And he takes it off. His hand stops shaking. Puts his knife back. As he is pressing into her and making eye contact, 
she's gonna meet his eyes and go, you're never gonna be able to hurt me. And I would like to cast Binding on Lucian Aster. <laughs> ah, go ahead and roll! <laughs> <laughs> That's a six and a four plus two. That's twelve. Mm, what does that mean? That Am I- the hex cannot physically harm others. Anyone? Anyone. And as you say that, I think she's <sighs> been. She's been like. Honestly, I think because it was dark enough out that like she wasn't wearing her con or her glasses, sunglasses. But like, especially when you're this close to her, you can see there's just like, her eyes, it's like there's this redness that's just glow, like slowly growing. Like it's it's expanding out of the irises and like, it's like a slowly, like it's like a drop of like, when you drop of like a bit of watercolor and water and it slowly starts to like, expand out and fill the and color the entire water it's like that well there are side effects from being in from stephanie being in her darkest self so here's what happens she casts she looks into your eyes and you say go ahead ruin me and there is a cold bite at your wrists and for a second it feels like there are shackles there and the feeling fades away but the magic doesn't lucian uh wait can i roll to keep my cool actually yeah A six minus one. <laughs> well, you don't keep your cool. Lucian leaps back and is like very scared. He's like, the fuck did you do to me? And then he screams it. He says, what the fuck did you do to me? Protected myself. He's going to try and hit her. <laughs> you lunge forward to try and hit Stephanie Chaplin. And like, as your fist goes up, the shackles pull you back. Lucian then just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Collapses, I think. Or he keeps trying and I think he keeps feeling it on his wrists. I think Stephanie stands there a moment and looks what would Stephanie see on Lucian's face? You would see someone who's so helpless. Just like you took away the last thing that he didn't know, even know that he still had. He didn't have anything ex really except for that ability and that that set of skills to to hurt and to and to finally lash out and he was just about to 
and you you stopped him from doing it and you took it away from him and you you see in old pain and in old entrapment on his on his face you get the sense this is not the first time he's felt like this but now it's you who's made him feel like that Stephanie takes a deep breath and walks forward compartmentalizing the the guilt and the bit of sympathy that she feels just putting that away she smiles and feels pride instead. She walks up and once again puts her hand on Lucian's face. She says, You're mine now. That's where we're going to end our session today. that's how it should end and when we release it that's gonna end our session today long pause fuck <laughs> this episode featured Catherine Rarit as the master of ceremonies Percival Walter as Lucian Astor Quinn Borzen as Eden Grace Arcadia Reeves as Cassie Rodriguez Casey Fleming as Starfire Miller Karina Rivia as Cesar Rodriguez Reyes Victoria Nielsen as Sylvia Striciante, and Saffron Heftigaub as Stephanie Chaplin. The Valkyrie Cycle is co-directed by Catherine Rarit and Saffron Heftigaub, and produced by Casey Fleming. This season's editing team includes Catherine Rarit, Karina Revia, Casey Fleming, Sola Heftigaub, and Saffron Heftigaub. Music for The Valkyrie Cycle was composed by Haley Adams and Quinn Borison. Art was created by Arcadia Reeves. And our social media team is run by Fabiola Liano. Additional sound effects are sourced from freesound.org and zapsplat.com under the Creative Commons Attribution License. For a full list of credits, please visit our website at midnightceremoniesmedia.com. Again, that's midnightceremoniesmedia.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave us a review and tell your friends, as word of mouth is one of the best ways to support the show. We appreciate all your support, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>